Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, if you missed last Sunday morning uh, what Paul taught. Now, if you're visiting here today, this doesn't pertain to you. But if you are a member here, I am requiring you to go back and hear last Sunday if you didn't hear it. You have to hear it and probably hear it more than once. It was foundational. So the members of Christian Ministries Church, you hear what Paul taught last Sunday. It was foundational for our church. It's the way our church is going to operate, and it's foundational for Christianity nationwide. So I want to encourage you to go back and hear last Sunday. And because of that, because of the importance of the church guarding our faith, the importance of the church staying biblical, I was, I was just overwhelmed with, I've got to talk for the next couple of Sundays right along the lines that Paul was teaching and motivating us to do. I'm going to come in line with what he talked about doing. We're going to talk about the Ten Commandments for the next couple of weeks. We're going to go over the teaching of God's laws for our life because we're guarding our faith. Oh, I know the Ten Commandments. I've heard that sermon before. We're not looking for something to tickle your ears. We're going to guard the faith. We're going to guard the faith and we're going to get this in us. God's laws govern our life. And it's not restrictive. It's freeing. God's law is freeing. When is the train freer? When it does its own thing and bumps along out in the woods or when it limits itself to the track. That's when it's the freest. Our musicians up here, when are they the freest? When everybody chooses a song that's right for them and everybody chooses their own beat or when they all limit themselves to the chromatic scale, whether you know it or not, these guys all up here have a click in their ear. Click, click, click click, click the whole time they're up here to keep them all on the same beat. I don't put that click in my ear. I'm just going to play my guitar like I want to. No, you're going to play and limit yourself to the beat of this song, and then life is freeing for us. God's law does not ruin your life. God's law is not restrictive. It's freeing. When are we the safest and the freest? When every car limits himself to red, to green, to yield to the right side. When a yellow line is in your lane, you don't pass. I ain't having all those laws. You're not putting your laws on me. It's my life. I drive my car like I want to. We got chaos for everybody. Not anybody's safe with that kind of thinking in our society. We limit ourselves to the laws because that's what frees us to live life. That's why God's law is sweeter than honey. Right from the honeycomb. Why is it sweeter than honey from the honeycomb? Because it protects. It provides an arena for you to be blessed in. We're not trying to ruin your life, young people, telling you what to do. We're trying to keep this a place where we can all live. Where we can all be blessed. Where we can all live safe. And where you can live in prosperity and in peace. We want to welcome all those joining us on all the many social media avenues we have. We're thrilled you're hearing God's word. We want to encourage you. To get involved in a church, roll up your sleeves, and get there and work. To help the church do what the church is called to do. But we're glad to have you tuning in to us on the social media avenues. This week and next week, 
uh, I want to talk about the Ten Commandments. I tried to pack it all in here, and it's too long. So I just cut it in half, and we'll do some today, and we'll do some next time, and we'll just move on because there's just so much that I want to talk about because this church is guarding our faith. We're not looking for a new teaching to tickle our ears and something new. We're guarding our faith. What are we doing? We're guarding our faith. And today, you're hearing churches teach that in the new covenant, we're free from the law because we are now under grace. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't understand grace. You don't understand the grace of God. Absolutely, it is Jesus that forgives our sins, gives us access to God, and that's all grace. There's not anything you can do to earn Jesus is forgiven of your sin and our access to God. God did it. That's all grace. Today, I'm not talking about forgiveness of sin. Today, I'm not talking about salvation. Today, I'm not talking about access to God. I am talking today about those of you who have been saved, who have received God's grace, you have been forgiven of your sins. Those of you who have been born again, now I want to talk about how you live daily life. I want to talk now that you've received God's grace. Now, how do I live my daily life? That's what I'm talking about today. We're talking about a lifestyle that God requires from his people. And all of us who are saved have been adopted into his family, and now you and I are a child of God. Can you say amen? Are you happy about that? I am a child of God. As a child of God, how do I live? How do I live my daily life in a way that God can bless me? In the new covenant, you're not saved by keeping the law. I'm not teaching that. Don't leave here and say, well, our pastor said you got to keep the law to be saved. That's not what I said. I'm saying now that you've received God's grace and you are saved, you've been set free from captivity of sin. Now, how do we live? I hear the Ten Commandments are not in the New Testament. The Ten Commandments are not in the New Testament. I, I, I don't really know what to say about all that. It's shocking to me that when the, we were back years ago taking the Ten Commandments down out of all the public places, we own a piece of property that's right on the highway, and we put the Ten Commandments up where you ain't taking those down. We put them in stone, and you're not taking those down. Obviously, whatever I do and whatever I preach, I get complaints and get emails and threats. So that just comes with the territory. The first person that the first person after those Ten Commandments went up to came that criticized me for putting those Ten Commandments up was a pastor. I can't believe that you are taking our community back under the law and back under the Old Covenant. I just can't believe you would do that to our community. We are free and we're under grace. Okay. The Ten Commandments are not in the New Testament. But neither is the forbidden of bestiality. Neither is the forbidden of incest. Neither is the forbidding of a man with his father's wife. And neither is eating your children. Sometimes we entertain that thought if you're parents. 
cannibalism right now might not be a bad idea. I'm ready to do something with you. So, I, I mean, I get that, but eating your children is not in the New Testament. So don't tell me that the, the Ten Commandments are not in the New Testament. That was taken for granted by Jesus that you understood the lifestyle of God's kids because he said, we no longer live like the heathens do. So there's a different lifestyle for us. What is in the New Testament is live no longer like heathens. There's a clear lifestyle that as a child of God, we're called to. Jesus, in the New Covenant, never addressed the lifestyle of being a cannibal. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites, they all did those kinds of things. But God's kids were required to live a different life, even under the New Covenant. Absolutely, 100%, amen, we're saved by grace. I get that. We're saved by grace. I'm not talking about how we're saved today. Today, I'm talking about how saved live their daily life. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away sin, and there is no sin in him. Verse 6, anyone who continues to live in him will not live in sin. How do we know what sin is? By the Ten Commandments. We understand what sin is by the keeping and the understanding of the law. Anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. That is in the New Testament. And we've got to understand that. The church has to teach the Ten Commandments. We have to teach God's law. And it is tragic, tragedy of all tragedies when a church, when a pastor tells people it's okay to live in sin because of God's grace. That's a tragedy. Clearly, that looses the wrath of God on all unrighteousness. Put your ribbon in your Bible. Make sure you always know where Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 17 is. Make sure that you know where Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 17 is, because that's how God's kids are to live. Many don't realize this. And when they tell me, well, Tim, the Ten Commandments aren't in the New Testament, they don't realize that it is in the New Testament. They don't understand in Matthew 22, verse 37, when they ask Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Which one's the greatest? Y'all know his answer. First of all, what? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind. I mean, you are to love God. Then he said, the second is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we all know that. But the people that tell me the Ten Commandments aren't in the New Testament don't understand what Jesus just said. Because in the Ten Commandments, the first four are about loving God. The next six are about loving one another. And in two sentences, Jesus said all ten of them. In two sentences, Jesus said all, well, the Ten Commandments aren't in the New Testament. Oh, yeah, Jesus just gave them to us. In two sentences. Write this down. Everybody know this. The only thing that separates 
civilized nations that live free. And barbaric nations is the Ten Commandments. That's the only thing that separates them. America. The America that we have known, the America that has more freedoms and more prosperity than has ever been known, was established to operate on the Ten Commandments as the basis for its civilization. Now, this is obvious, and this is really easy to understand. You look at the cities and look at the streets of those cities that vote progressive, liberal, to remove biblical standards from their city. Look how safe it is. Look at the crime and look at the quality of life. And compare those with cities that are still in what is left of the Bible Belt. And where is it the safest to live? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Where is it, where would you want to raise your family and have your kids playing in the front yard? You ask any historian to name the single source of legal concepts of laws that govern Western civilization, and it will be the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. Most courts have taken them off of the wall. But sad for them, some courts have them etched in concrete and they can't get them down. Some courts have them engraved in the wood fabric of the big doors that go into their courts. Sad for them, our Supreme Court in Washington. Our Supreme Court in Washington, for all of our judges to walk in and out that front door of the Supreme Court that governs our land, how can they walk in and out of that every day and not look up and we zoomed in on what is in the eve of that building? It's too tall for them to climb up there and it's too deep in concrete for them to remove. For those who don't know, that's Moses holding the Ten Commandments that this entire court is based on. Right there it is. All I can think about is Romans chapter 1 where it says, God's evident to everybody, you have to suppress the truth. When you walk in the Supreme Court and you're going to vote liberal, you're going to vote anti-God on an issue, you're going to have to suppress the truth because you just walked under Moses holding the Ten Commandments, and that's right there in our nation's capital. When you look at the basic laws that prohibit stealing, taking an innocent life, lying, those come, they originated in the Ten Commandments. And it is the church's job, as Paul taught last week, to infuse society with a life that you can be blessed, that you can be safe, and you can raise a family and honor God in. It's the church's job to infuse society with what we see right there on our Supreme Court. This is a no-brainer. Clearly, when each person is left to decide right and wrong for themselves, we have chaos. Now, I don't know why the dumbest of dumb can't get that. You decided that it's okay to bust out my store windows and steal my stuff. I don't think it's okay for you to bust out my store windows and steal my stuff. Who's right? Who's right? You think it's okay? Don't feel any remorse, and you think it's okay, and it's owed you. 
I don't think it's okay for you to go into my store and get my stuff. We have to have a law that's above what you think and what I think. See, I think this, you think that. Well, it's my opinion. Well, I was raised. We got to have a law that's above here that says, thou shalt not steal. And that didn't come from me. That didn't come from you. That came from God. That came from God. And that's not right. What you're doing is wrong and you will be judged for it. Whether the police catch you or not, you will be judged for it. God says, blessed are those who keep his law and cursed are those who don't. The Old Testament teaches us in the Old Covenant about life in the New Covenant. And the New Covenant did not do away with the lifestyle that the Old Covenant teaches us to live. Mankind was born with a carnal nature. No one ever teaches you to lie. We didn't have a lying class. Your mom and dad didn't sit down. Now, here's the way you tell a lie. Okay, now say this. See, your mom did, you didn't sit in your mom's lap and she teach you how to lie. No one taught you how to cheat. No one taught you how to fight. Now, walk up to somebody, double your fist, boom, right in the nose. Now, see, here's the way you do. No one teaches that. You double your fist and you, I mean, that comes out of a nature that's in you. No one taught you how to dishonor your parents. No one taught you that. No one taught you how to break your parents' heart. No one taught you how to do that. No one taught you how to dishonor God. That comes out of a nature that you're born with. Jesus said you got to be born again. See, you have to be born again. There's a new seed that's got to go inside you. And now that you've been born again, now that you have this new seed inside you, no longer live after the dictates of that carnal nature. Now you live after the Spirit of God that resides on the inside of you. And here's God's law. Here's the way it is. And God wrote it in stone tablets. It's not Baptist, it's not Methodist, it's not Lutheran. It's not religious material. The Ten Commandments gives law and order to life. And you study any tribe worldwide, study any tribe that is not educated in some form or principles of the Ten Commandments, and you have incest, rape, thieves, and cannibals. That's what carnal nature produces on its own. The church today wants to pervert a grace message and telling us there is no need for the Ten Commandments in our life. Uh, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Tea Party, liberal, conservative, don't go to church, believe churches full of heathens, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not steal. That ain't your choice. That's not your choice. That's not up to you. Well, personally, I think, whatever you personally think, I don't care about your don't steal. That's not up to you personally. See, the Ten Commandments, contrary to popular thinking, are not the Ten Suggestions. For over 200 years, our public school system taught the Ten Commandments. They had them on the walls, they had them on the hall, they had them in the class, they had them, the teachers taught the concepts of the Ten Commandments on a daily basis in class. 
the removal of the teaching of the Ten Commandments from every school curriculum is one of the most stupid, the most foolish notions ever. Without a God consciousness of God's law, then you've got drive-by shootings. Just stick a gun out the window and shoot somebody. Are you sorry? Sorry for what? Sorry for what? Who said it's wrong? I can do whatever I want to. You judging me? See, without a God conscious, we're not safe to live in America. Well, Tim, I know a lot of good people that don't go to church. Okay, well, what makes a person good? What makes a person good? They don't steal. They don't lie. They don't sleep with every woman in town. See, that, that's what makes... Well, I know good people... If you call somebody good, what makes them good is they keep the Ten Commandments in their life. When you say that's a good man, what are you saying? He obeys the law of God. Those are concepts for living life. Left to itself, nothing, 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 spirals upward. Science understands this. That's why we have the law of entropy. Everything left to itself goes toward disorder, not toward order. Caveman, barbaric man, uncivilized man, in a cave for a hundred million years, didn't one day say, okay, let's don't steal anymore. Now, maybe the little guys said that. The big guys didn't. Okay, let's just have one woman, not whatever woman we want, and the kids that we sire, let's pay for them and raise them and deal with their teenage years their whole life. Ain't no barbaric man decided that. We just want to honor God. Nobody came up with this. See, this is what godly parents do. This is what biblical pastors do. This is what children's pastors do. Every single week, Wednesday in, Wednesday out, Wednesday in, Wednesday out, children's pastors, youth pastors, junior high pastors, what do they do? They infuse in the thinking of those young people a biblical standard for living life. That's what the church does for society, and that's why we have to guard our faith. Whether you go to church or not, whether you think the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites, it's the church and its teachings that keep society safe for all of us because you can't hire enough police to control every single person here. Tim, I know a lot of people that don't go to church. Yes, but they reap the benefits and the lifestyle that the church teaches. Go to any nation that there's not a church on every corner and look at the lifestyle that those people live. Many in here today could say, Tim, I wasn't raised in church. But I had a grandmother. I had a grandmother that went to church. Boy, don't you do that, boy. Don't you lie. Don't you steal. Come on, how many had a grandmother? Don't you, don't you go out there and do that. Now, you lived heathen and you ran a deer. But in the back of your mind, your grandmother instilled in you biblical thinking pattern of the Ten Commandments. It is the church and its infusion of a biblical lifestyle based on the Ten Commandments in a culture that keeps us safe and where we can live. Remove that, and America is no longer safe to live. Exodus chapter 20, 10 directive statements from God. Don't worship any other gods. Don't make any idols. One and two. Cars, 
boats, houses, recreation, entertainment. Look at what people sell their whole life out for that they literally worship above God being first place in their life. Look at what we've done with the first two commandments. Number three, don't use God's name in vain. We're going to talk about a lot of this more later. But taking God's name in vain, absolutely you're not supposed to cuss using God's name. Much more than that, wearing a Jesus t-shirt and not living his lifestyle. That's taking his name in vain. Going to church, saying you're a Christian, coming in here raising your hands and worshiping, and then going out and entertaining yourself like you did last night, that's taking God's name in vain. Don't do that. Number four, keep the Sabbath holy. You keep the Sabbath holy. Look what it would do for a society to go back to have a day of rest where we honored God and we kept the Sabbath holy. See, those first four deal with our relationship with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's the first one. Second one wraps up the next six. Number five, honor your father and mother. Number six, don't murder. Number seven, don't commit adultery. Number eight, don't steal. Number nine, don't lie. Number ten, don't covet. Don't even want what is somebody else's. Well, I can't wait to teach more on this. So much in here that we talk about for hours and hours and hours. Don't covet, then God is authorizing private property, personal ownership. Because you have to own something for me to want it. So when he says don't covet, I mean there's so much I could teach on on each one of these. It's a lifestyle that we live. Without a doubt, just write it down. The most stupid thing ever said was by Justice Paul Stevens. Without a doubt, years ago, when he said, we got to take the Ten Commandments out of school, and I want to quote what he said in the Supreme Court. Posting a religious text on the wall serves as no function. If the posted Ten Commandments or to have any effect at all, it will be to induce children to read them and perhaps obey them. And this is not a permissible state-funded objective. You win the most stupid statement. We award you. I'm afraid that a public school student might read, thou shalt not commit murder, and he might even obey it. Boy, we can't fund that. I'm just panicked that a public school student might read and obey, honor your father and mother, and don't steal. And if they would obey that, boy, the state can't fund that objective at all. I got news for Justice Stevens and the ACLU. I don't care what religion you are. Everywhere I go, I want people obeying the Sixth Commandment, don't murder. Just put that sign above me. Sixth Commandment, God said don't murder. Everywhere I go. When I was a boy, we spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And my cousin and I would walk across this big field and we'd go down to the creek to play. We'd be gone all day. Take a sandwich with us down there. We'd picnic. But we were so excited. My grandmother, right as we were walking out the door, every single time, she said, you boys, God's going with you. I didn't want God to go with us. <laughs> you boys, God be with you, and he's watching you. See, what would it do for America if every young person in this world was infused with, I don't care if the police are there, I don't care if your grandmother's there, I don't care if anybody's watching, God 
is with you. God's with you. And when that was infused in our society, it was a different world to live in. We can't hire enough police to control human behavior. And that was taught for over 200 years in public school. We instilled in the fiber of a nation. I want you to listen to this. School teachers instruction guide as they teach today outcome-based morality. That's each person choosing what's right and wrong for themselves. National Education Teacher's Manual. What do you say as a teacher if a student asks you if shoplifting is wrong? Here is the approved NEA answer. The teacher is to say, I cannot tell you right and wrong. That is something that you decide for yourself. And we're shocked at the nightly news. I own a business, and I don't want you choosing right and wrong for yourself. Don't come in here and steal. Come on. What in this world are we doing taking the teachings of the church out? And what is the church doing taking the biblical teachings out? The commandments of God are not situational. They're not outcome-based morality up to you to choose. The seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. You, you, don't, you, you can't find these reports, and it's just unbelievable. You have to really dig for them because they're not out there. But reports on homes with a mom and a dad in them. Now, whether they're good or whether they're bad, but reports on a home with a mom and dad in them, you can't, you can't believe the dropout rates. You can't believe the suicide. You can't believe the prisons that are full of just non-parents in the home. So you got to have a dad. Where are you? See, the reason I wasn't out, I had a mom that at 9 o'clock, where are you? You get in there. See, you, you, what? just don't commit adultery. AIDS is over. I mean, just like that. Children are better cared for. Society as a whole are stronger. See, the seventh commandment, we could talk all day on how it changes society and changes life. In 1971, Supreme Court said, the posting of the Ten Commandments is plainly religious and must be removed. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't murder. Plainly religious, we got to remove them. Now... 52 years later, how's that working for you? How's that working? How is our working? One of our very first, one of our first presidents, you go back and read those first several presidents in their writing. President John Adams, he warned us, listen to this. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with and controlling humans that are unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution, our form of government, is designed only for a moral and religious people. If you remove the teachings of the church that instills that in a society, our form of government and our Constitution won't work. I drop my car off to be worked on. I come back and pay the bill. I have no idea what they did. i got to depend on biblical morality. I call a service company to work on our air conditioner, 
I'm at work. My wife is going to be home. They send a man over to work on that air conditioner. I have to depend on that man having some biblical Ten Commandment morality as he comes over and my wife is in the house in there by herself. I go to a restaurant and eat. I have to depend on the cooks back in the kitchen having some biblical morality. I get on an elevator and I start up and there are four big guys standing around me. There's no police in there. I have to depend on those four guys being infused with their church, with their youth group, with their children's church, with some biblical morality as they all stand around me and stare down on me. When my wife goes to town, puts her purse over her shoulder, leaves her car and is walking in. I have to depend on some biblical morality in our society for my wife to go to town. We have to have the church and its infusion of the Ten Commandments and biblical morality in our nation. That's why David writes in Psalms, I delight in the law of the Lord. I delight in the law of the Lord. You know, I used to teach on the Ten Commandments every three or four years. I have a schedule in my calendar, and I go back, and I say, well, it's been four or five years since we taught that. I need to revisit that. Now, we may be teaching on the Ten Commandments every six months. we got to turn the direction of this nation around, and you do so by the church infusing God's way to live in the lives of every person. I'm so thankful to still at least live in what's left of the Bible Belt. We're enjoying a quality of life that many cities that years ago took the Bible out are not enjoying. This church has got to guard our faith. This church has got to guard our faith. Psalms 119, verse 129. Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand it. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercy, as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome by evil. Verse 134. Ransom me from the oppression of evil people. Then I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love. Teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instructions. O Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I'm overwhelmed with indignation For my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That's why I love them so much. I'm insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal, and your instructions are perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commandments. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand them so I may live. Y'all stand with me. Lord, today we're we're just overwhelmed with gratefulness to you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your love that forgives us. While we were yet sinners, you came and died for us. Now that we've been born again and now that we're saved, 
Lord, we thank you that you didn't just leave us here to try to figure this out on our own. But you gave us a track to run on. You, you gave us markers to show this is out of bounds. You gave us markers to say, no, not, don't go that way. You gave us markers. Lord, thank you for your direction for us. Thank you for your commandments. Lord, we love your commandments. We delight in your commandments. And Lord, we honor you and we seek to live our life obeying your commandments and teaching your commandments to all those we're around. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.